one scripture to read here in Philippians 4 and 9. And this is Apostle Paul teaching the Philippian church. He's saying those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen me do, the Apostle Paul said, and the God of peace shall be with you. Yes. When you hear them, receive them, and then do them. you got to receive it. You can't just let it get in your old noggin here because whatever goes wrong this week, the devil will steal it right out. you got to let it get rooted and grounded down in your heart, in your spirit. And then he said you'll do it. And when you do it, he said God will be with you. You'll be successful, in other words. The answer will come. Your prayer will finally be come to you. And it'll come the way you prayed and asked God. I heard, uh, um, I don't know who said this one time, I might have been a pastor or whatever, that the Word of God in us is like tea in a tea bag. And what I mean by that. You know there's tea in that bag. You can see through it most of the time. At least we're perceiving it's ground up tea. But when does the tea come out? When you put it in hot water, boiling water. And that's the way with us. When we get into hot situations, the devil's trying to confuse us. That's what he was trying to do to Nehemiah and the, the, the guys that were standing by him. That's another point for ministry. That you find very few people, we appreciate you people that stand beside us and behind us. Because there's many that don't. They, as soon as a little thing happens or something... They don't perceive, Nine, 99 things can be right, but that one thing wrong, boy, they're off and running. They don't stand with you. But a lot of you have stood with us through the years and been faithful and been there, and we appreciate that. And that Nehemiah's people that he had working for him, they were being ridiculed. They were trying, the devil was trying to throw into confusion, well, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. It's Nehemiah nuts expecting us to build this wall and all that. But they stood. They still stood with Nehemiah. They didn't leave him. They, they stayed right there with him. When you see... But you need to do that. You need to pray to God. You don't need to run to mommy, daddy, when aunt, you, uncle, when you neighbor, see, whoever. Run to God first. When you... You have to discern things first of all. If you don't discern properly, you'll be lost, you'll be confused. I am a spiritual papa. That's who I am. I'm your spiritual papa. You're their spiritual mama. That's who we are in God. We're called by God to be that. And you have a heart for your spiritual children. Right. And when your children desert you, it crushes you. And when you hurt, we hurt. You don't think we do, but we do. We hurt. It, crush, we it hurt. crushes your heart for hours and days and weeks and months Do you pray and try to get that lifted. Because we have to do what we tell you to do. We have to pray and look to the Lord and just turn to Him. Trust Him that He knows all things. Amen? Okay, number three, protect yourself from ungodly confusion. Anything that is confusing, it's coming from the enemy. It is not coming from God. That's one way you 
can know, even in natural things, when you're going to make a decision, should I buy this car, should I buy this car? Hmm, I wonder if I like that color or don't like that. Whatever it might be, if you're starting to get in confusion, then you need to back off. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. So you're sure you've got the peace of God about that thing, whatever that thing. Changing jobs. Yeah. Changing jobs, yes. Or, or relocating from one house to another. Right. One city or town to another. Make sure God is with you in it. Yes. So that all goes well with you. Anything, what I started to say about the scripture a while ago in this tea bag. So when you get in hot water, so to speak, in your life, uh, an issue with somebody or uh, trouble on the job or whatever it might be, what's in here is going to come out. So how are you responding? Some years ago we had a, a dear friends of ours, dear friends that we knew for like 30 some years. I played Jordan at their wedding and he was in their wedding and everything and they came to our minister our ministry and in the house and um, one one day he the husband came up to me and said well I'm not we're not coming anymore it's too far for us to run and I can't afford to spend the gas to run here and he was giving me all these excuses and uh, I said you know what I'm like the Apostle Paul, none of these things move me. If you feel that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do. I can't let that move me off of my my goal in the Lord. Because he was talking to me when we were outside and when we were talking to the pastor. I said so. You know. But you gotta know the word of God so that what comes out of your mouth is what the Lord says about that situation. Not what the person is saying or people are saying or whatever. You've got to know. And if you don't put the word in there, that's not what's going to come out. Might be some cussing come out. Might be some spitting coming out. Whatever. See, instead of the word of God about the situation. So that's one reason to put the word in there. So when the hot time comes, the good stuff comes out. Amen? The, most, the most important thing that comes out is the agreement. Yes. When you speak a word of agreement with that individual or individuals, when you do that, whether it's bad or whether it's good, you're going to reap a harvest on the bad as well as the good. So you better make sure what you're agreeing with is good. That's right. Because if it's not, if it's bad, that's biblical. Because mm -hmm. if it's bad, you're going to start reaping some bad things. Bad things are going to go wrong with you because you made an agreement because the Bible says where two or more agree. That's Bible. Mm -hmm. That's not Tommy and Judy's doctor. The Bible says where two or more agree. So if you're agreeing with that person, you better make sure, you better make sure what you're agreeing with is biblical. Yeah. If it's not, you're going to reap the bad because the harvest is going to come. Yeah. And Jesus said to them when they wanted to rip up the tares, he said, no, let the tares grow with the wheat. And the tares is an impersonation of the real thing. Yeah. What it means, it's not the real. The tares are not the real. You've got the real and you got the false. So you have to be careful what you're agreeing to. 
And I'm telling you that as a spiritual papa, because I don't like to see people get ripped off. I don't like to see the devil manipulate God's children. I hate that with a passion. And I and I minister that with the heart from my heart. Because I hate when I see people lied to by the enemy. And yeah. they don't know it until it's too late. So you gotta keep your heart in the word. You gotta feed yourself with the word. You gotta keep your spirit man built up with the word. That's the one scripture I put with number three there to protect yourself from ungodly confusion is to put on the whole armor of God. Guard yourself, guard your mind, guard your heart. Put on your sword, which is the word. That's how you're going to fight him and stay in the faith. If you stay in the faith, God's faithful. God is faithful. The answers always come. But it's in his time. It's not always in our time. The fourth one there is to not be afraid of the enemy. Nehemiah 4.14 says not to fear the enemy. But you've got to know who he is. You've got to know who you're fighting. And you've got to use the right weapons to fight them. Number five, fight for your family. What's that talking about? Just like uh, Nehemiah and his men were fighting for the family, so to speak, the Jews in Jerusalem there. That was a city. That was a community. They were fighting for them. And that's the way with our own family. We, we have to not fight our family, fight for them. How? Through prayer, through the love of God, showing the love of God. Quoting you know, the word. We're, we're in a generation today, and I was thinking about that. We're little kids. They don't know if they're a boy or a girl. They have this gender thing going on now. That little six and seven years old kids telling their parents, well, I don't want to be a boy no more. I want to be a girl. This world is, that they're coming up in, you've got you to fight for your family. Teach your children the Word of God. Teach them right from wrong. Most kids, a lot of kids nowadays, even teenagers out there, that uh, they're like, uh, they're against all authority. The laws are made for us, not against us. That speed limit is for you to try to keep you safe. So even though it may irritate you sometimes, and you might go 60 and a 40, then there, no, no. If I get stopped by a cop, that's not his fault. That's my fault. But kids are taught today now not to even to to ignore authority, whether it's in the home, whether it's in the police, wherever in the schools, you know, they they want to fight. That that's their right. They're being told that's their right. Come and go against all authority. No, 
we're not supposed to do that. There was even a scripture, I didn't look that one up, there is a scripture that says about to obey the laws of the land, whether we like them or not. Number six, stay armed at all times. That's not just some holsters, brother. That's a good thing, but uh, needs to stay armed with the word of God and with your uh, spiritual weapons too, because that's where the devil's gonna come against, you know. You will finish the work that God has for you to do. I believe we will accomplish that. If that's your heart's motivation, if you want to be what God's called you to be, if you want to do what he's called you to do, you can finish that and accomplish that. But you're going to have to keep your hand in the hand of the man. That's that simple. You're going to have to keep the main thing, the main thing. Don't let the devil get you sidetracked. It gets you going in circles. It gets you all messed up. You can't win a battle. I remember years ago, you know, the, the Bible says that we are to be more than conquerors. But like I said a while ago, a lot of God's people are living defeated lives. They're not walking in victory. God wants us to walk in victory in every area of our life. And God said that he, we are more than conquerors through Christ. Through Christ. And I remember one time uh, hearing the story of Muhammad Ali. I don't know if he supposedly said this or uh, or uh, someone said it to him, but I thought it, if I remember correctly, he said it to a reporter and he said, oh, I may have won the fight, but my wife is the more the conqueror. Why did he say that? Because he fought and won the battle, but when he got home, she took the paycheck. So she was the more the conqueror. <laughs> you can laugh. Okay. Praise God. God's good, amen? amen? Well, I hope this helped us a little bit. But you know what? We can stand up here and babble all day, all week, all month, whatever. But like Pastor said a while ago, if you don't hear and do, don't do any good. Amen? amen? We need to be encouraging each other to keep the faith keep the faith. So let's all come up and pray together before we dismiss that way. Uh, some of you might be in battle right now. Maybe some of you is doing good right now, but trust me, a battle will come. They always do. The devil's not sleeping on the job because you know why? He knows his time is short. And here, God... Here and do. Come on up. Here and do. Oh, yeah, here and do. Come on up. <laughs>
Daddy, we come before you today as a family, Lord. These are your sons and daughters, Lord God. You died for them, Lord God, so that they could have eternal life to live with you forever and ever. Father, we ask that you go with them, Lord. Help their hearing to be sharpened, Lord. Let their minds of understanding be open to your word. Today, Father God, let it get rooted and grounded deep within their spirit, Lord God. That when they come up against the enemy, Lord, however it comes, mentally, physically, financially, spiritually, maritally, Lord God, however it comes, Father, that they will know what the Lord said. And Father, they will stand on that and they will confess that. And they will walk that out and begin to believe, to think, to speak, and to act on the Word of God. That everything in their life can be protected by you, Lord. Yes, Lord, we all went forth and we got an education. And Father, we all got our positions in this world. But Father God, we need you every day. Because your word declares that that world waxes worse and worse. And Father God, it's not that much in America yet, but it's coming, Lord God. And we want your people to be protected. These are your children, Lord, and you have a mission and a purpose for every one of us, Lord. And we want to fulfill that in Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen and amen. She had that one right there. Yeah, yeah this yeah. one. Hello. 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 I keep forgetting. Family's difficult. <laughs> you are emotionally like tied to them and involved. So when somebody does something to you that's not really a family member, it's kind of easier just to like you know wipe it off and move on. But when you're really hurt by a family member. Not, how do you explain it? It's hard to just shrug it off. And the pain of that stays with you for a very long time. And it's very hard to forgive and to move on. But through prayer, you can do that. So I just had something happen just recently. We had a family vacation over the summer. And my mom used to teach me, you know, growing up. It's just something that I heard. And this is stuff that I think everybody deals with with their families. You know, like, I'm going to rob Peter and pay Paul, that kind of stuff. How's that working for you? <laughs> that kind of stuff. You know, and you just, what people say, and you're like, you know, when you get older, you start thinking about how does that, what you learn when you're little, how does that 
represent you in your life and how is that working for you or you see it not working for somebody and you're like, well, that's not working for them. Why do they say that? And I think a lot of the stuff that we say nonchalantly are things we're speaking over ourselves that are not good. So my mom used to teach me, oh, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I had a huge revelation over this. This is guessing. So my sister, I have th actually have three sisters. Two are my half. And one is Joanne, which I think some people here know her. She has occasionally been here, but occasionally not. Pray for her, please. Um, so she, like, got into this argument with my other sister, which is my half. And um, it was a huge scenario. And it was ugly. And <laughs> I had a situation with my sister Joanne years ago where she completely cremated my character and everything. And I reacted in a very wrong way. So this time when it happened, I kind of sat there and was just like, you know what? I am not going to do this. I'm not. My peace is so much more important. So I just sat there and observed. And it was complete chaos. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm walking away. So we walked away. We had a family meeting about it later between my sister and my parents. And she still, you could tell, like, her spirit was just so hurt. And I relate to that because of what she did to me years prior to. So I just sat there, and she's like, well, I, this ain't going to bother me anymore. You know, you have, you have people are. And I looked at her, and I said, you know what? Can I take your blood pressure right now? I'm going to be honest. We worry so much about what other people say mm -hmm. that it just gets everything so worked up. And I'm, I'm learning. It's just not worth it. It's just not. My peace is so much more important. And what God says about you and about what you're, you're going through is more important than what any family member or anybody has to say. That's true. And when you get that revelation, it is so freeing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I went home and I was just, and I don't always just sit down and pray. I have a conversation with God throughout the day. I, I see that you do that a lot too. <laughs> I really. And, um, you know, as I'm going along, I'm like, God, where in your heart or your sleep? What does that mean to me? And I feel like people are seriously oversensitive. Over and that's what gets the of us in this problem. Yeah. And we're overly offended all the time. And it's like we shouldn't be letting people have power over our hearts and over our emotions in such a way that just causes us to get so upset. Don't let people have that power over you. Right. Only God can do that. You know what I mean? He's the only person that can correct you in a way that, and through your pastors. Nobody else should matter. Their opinion shouldn't. They should be praying for you and loving on you. And if they're not doing that, then you need to love them from a distance. And sometimes you have to do that with your family. And it's hard. <laughs> so I had that realization, and he said to me when I, when I was praying, he came up with that protect your heart, but I heard guard your heart. So we're not supposed to be wearing our heart on our sleeve. And we're not supposed to be letting people hurt us. And we're allowing that. There is power in choice. And that's what I heard over this summer when I was having this conversation with God. There's power in choice. You can choose to not let those words that that person spoke to you, whether it hurts you or not. And I told my sister that. I'm like, you're choosing to let her words upset you. You can choose not to do that. That's your choice. You gotta make you gotta have power over your emotions. You gotta have power over whether you're gonna allow somebody to have that power over you. 
So that is kind of, I don't know if it helps anybody. Well, to, to your point, you know, it's really funny you mentioned that because I read, I read it somewhere, I don't know where, I don't know where it's in the Bible. I'm sure you folks will know. But the, the enemy that's going to overtake us now is going to be silent. It's going to be the silent enemy. The silent enemy is technology. Because people read and they infer what's coming from those things. People are allowed to assault each other this way now. Yep. So there's no communication. There's no discussing um, or discovery. There's nothing like that. It's just you get the whiner, you get the other one that assaults them. You know, and I mean, and it just and it goes on. You know what I say about that? It's don't engage. Don't, exactly. I know. Yeah, I don't. People, I don't ever say anything. I'm just saying. Don't people, engage. People do it. That's all they do. And yeah. it's back and forth. It and, it's, and there's the silent because there's no sound to it. It's what you got in your head. And that's where you're at. And you're right. It's about hard. I'm going to have to share. But the thing, the thing is what you both just said is so true. So true. But her opening statement was Ephesians 6 and 12. It's not flesh and blood. Right, exactly. And that's, we, we, you, you will never get the victory till you understand that. And it's, it's the enemy that uses people. Now, you were saying about your mom wearing her heart on her sleeve. Well, not too long ago, I heard your sister quote that same word. See, because the power of words. What you hear and what affects you, your mother's words affected your sister in the wrong way. And the words we say around our children, how does your words affect them? Positive. Good to see you, sweetie. We're still praying.